He is an awesome man of God. He's been part of our team also since the start. And um, he's going to share a word this morning as part of the International Week of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And I just want to encourage us this morning that this is really something that I believe, and Johannes as well, is very important for us as the church globally to have more awareness on and to have a better understanding on and to be really moved to pray for our brothers and sisters. But I'm going to let him do the talking. Thank you, Jorg. Hello. Okay, so thank you so much for the opportunity to share this morning about uh, the International Days of Prayer. So we're going to start off with prayer. And I just want to pray some scriptures this morning over the persecuted church. That is Matthew, Matthew 5 from verse 10. It says, Blessed. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You shall, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, where shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden on the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The International Days of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. just see see the slides this morning now this will be a mix of a sermon and awareness we were singing about lord awake my soul we need an awakening of what is really happening across the borders of namibia next slide thank you i will just show this <laughs> so before i start i just want to introduce the organization i work for so Martyrs, Martyrs for Christ is an inter, interdenominational, non-profitable organization that is dedicated to serve Christians around the world who are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. Our vision is to strengthen and equip the body of Christ living under or facing restri restriction or persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ and to encourage the involvement in world evangelism. All right, so this is maybe a word that you are not familiar with, is persecution. Now, what is persecution? Because this morning I will talk a lot about the persecuted church. Now, persecution is the systematic mistreatment of an individual or a group by another individual or a group. And I want to focus on the word mistreatment. Who of you in here have been mistreated because of the name of Jesus Christ? Who of you have been thrown in prison because of the name of Jesus Christ? Well, the Bible tells us that everyone, that's a promise, everyone who desires to live a godly life will be persecuted. My question 
today is, have you been mistreated? The Bible you have this morning. There's a Christian whose Bible has been burned. Right now, there's Christians in prison for years being mistreated because of the name of Jesus. And you know, we can come here to church this morning and we live in a bubble. That it's me and my freedom. But the world is changing. The world is changing. Next slide. Now the reality of persecution is in the Bible. You know the Bible is the most dangerous book in the world. People is paying with their blood for having a Bible. How many do you have? I heard of a guy the other day, he's got, he said he's got five Bibles on his phone. And there was a Chinese woman that wept one day and she said, this is spiritual gluttony. You have so much. And then people is weeping, Christians is weeping just to touch the Bible. And we have it available. We have Christian bookstores, we have it available. Do we understand this, this morning what we have? And the reality of persecution is throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible, stories like Daniel. Daniel and his friends been thrown in the fiery furnace. We can go on, stories, stories. In this scripture, where Jesus speaks, John 15, verse 18 to 21, if the world hates you, really? See, people that will hate me. I know there's people that hate Trump now. But if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Jesus speaking. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, listen. Because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. The organization we work in, we see how Christians are hated by radical Muslims, radical Hindus, by communists. Christians are hated. I remember in the Middle East, I walked with my, walked with my friend and he, he got a cross. Egyptian friend. And I saw this Muslim wanted to hit him. Just because he is Christian. What about you? Remember the word that I say to you, Jesus. Remember the word that I say to you. If a, sorry, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Oh, we as disciples don't want to hear this message. This is the word of God. We just want to claim all the beautiful promises. But this is what is happening. They will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name. On account of my name. Because they do not know him who sent me. Matthew chapter 10, it also says where Jesus say, I send you as sheep among wolves. Have you really thought about the scripture? What does, a sh what does a wolf do to a sheep? He licks him. After he 
tear them apart. Walking in these countries where we go, countries like Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, North Korea, these places, Christians are being teared apart because they associate with Jesus Christ. And we just want comfort. Matthew 16 verse 24 says, if you desire to be my disciple, if you want to come after me, you need to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That cross for many Christians is even death. Next slide, thank you. God had to confront me with the persecuted church to challenge me in my faith. That is why I'm here, here this morning is to be a voice for these Christians who cannot speak for themselves. Now, I remember a few years back, we were in Sri Lanka. Now, I, I thought Sri Lanka is only about playing cricket and drinking tea. And we were on our way to this little church in, in the villages next to Colombo. Driving with the pastor, the pastor said, uh, Jacques, we're going to a persecuted church. I, I say, I don't understand. What is a persecuted church? He says, you know, the Christians you, you will meet in this church have been beaten by militant Buddhists, the monks with the orange, think they are peaceful. They go to the churches. They drag the Christians out. They beat the pastor and the wife. The pastor and the wife. Just think about it. They burned down the churches. When I walked into this church, and I had to preach this morning in this church, about God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Chuck, what are you, what are you talking about? Walk into this church, and I see Christians sitting with fear, knowing when they walk out of this church, anything might happen because they associate with the name of Jesus. Because they follow Jesus. Because they are sheep among wolves. Here we have freedom, and we take our freedom for granted. But the world is changing. Maybe in a few years, your freedom will be taken away. And the pastor tell me about Chuck. In the midst of this persecution, the church is growing. So what, what do you mean? He says that persecution is purifying the church. Because suddenly, if you go through persecution, you need to make very hard choices. If you are being beaten by a radical Muslim, now you need to choose to forgive. When your house is burned down, because you are Christians, when your children are taken into captivity, because of Jesus Christ, now you need to make radical choices. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. And we are in desperate times. That is why we cannot be quiet of these things anymore, because our world is changing and it's getting closer. And I remember just last year, that's in a church, Easter Sunday, I wonder what happened Easter Sunday in Namibia's churches. But in a church in Sri Lanka, three churches, suicide bombers, walked into the churches. I saw that videos of, of a dad. He just quickly went out to, 
go, go, to the, go to the bathroom. When he came back, his wife and his child was killed in a bomb, weeping. And then we come here to church, and we don't even count the cost in our own lives. Three churches, more than 200, 260 people died, mostly Christians. Next slide. Oh, a few years back, I, I met a guy that almost look, looks like that. He just didn't have the AK-47. But he had long hair. And uh, he's, he said his name is Irshad. So, okay. He said, uh, Jack, I have been, I met him in the Philippines. He said, I've been a former terrorist. I said, I wanted to run. He said, we, we trained. He's a radical Muslim. He said, we, we, we trained to kill people. We're trained to make bombs. But he said, one night, everything changed for me. As a radical Muslim, I got a dream. He said, there was a man in white standing, said, he is Isa al-Masih, Jesus the Messiah. And this man in white tells me, follow me. I said, well, that's cool. I need that. I need that. I need that encounter. He said, you don't understand. This Jesus will cost me my everything as a radical Muslim. Will cost me everything. My family will reject me. I said, okay. But he said the next evening, he got the same dream. I said, man, Jesus, do not stop. He runs after the one lost sheep. I said, did you choose? No. He said, I was still counting the cost. What does it cost you to follow Jesus? He was sitting, counting the cost. Is this Jesus worth it? The third night, he got the same dream. He fled from his house. He accepted Jesus. And with tears in his eyes, he tells me, my own family wants to kill me. My own family wants to kill me because I accepted Jesus Christ. And for the first time in my life, I understand that this Jesus have a cost. It will cost you your life. And with tears in his eyes, he said, I, I've got no more physical family, but now I've got another family. I've got the body of Christ, the family, the Christian brothers and sisters here today. I have this family and this changed, this changed my whole life to understand. That is why we need to pray. This is why this is the week of prayer for persecuted Christians. Because that is the main request is pray for me. Not first take me out for coffee. Pray for me. We almost didn't have coffee this morning. So that we look for this. 2014, Iraq, the Islamic State of Syria and Iraq, ISIS, heard many stories of them, announced over the mosques in the, in the town of Mosul. Now, Mosul is the biblical town of Nineveh. Knows what happened there? Jonah. ISIS even 
bombed the grave of, of Jonah. But what happened in, 20, in 24 hours, they announced the Christians have 24 hours to leave because ISIS wants to st start a caliphate. They want to take over, and it's busy. Places like Mozambique. You know how far is Mozambique from Namibia? The world is changing, friends. Christians being beheaded. Churches being burned to the ground. Mozambique. As we speak. And we're sitting here. 24 hours, ISIS announced, okay, Christians, you need to leave. But you have this ultimatum. Either you convert to the radical form of Islam of ISIS, or you pay jizya. Jizya is an Islamic tax for being a Christian. So you need to pay tax for being a Christian to stay in that town. Thirdly, you will be beheaded. Children, parents, being beheaded. No, Jack, you can't talk about this off. I need to talk about this. What if, what if you are faced with this? No, Jack, it will never happen. I think many of these Christians said it will never happen. Mozambique, Nigeria, Kenya, just in Africa. 24 hours, 100 to 200,000 Christians flee Mosul. The stories, just a year after that we visit, visited Iraq, we could st still see the camps of ISIS. To stand with dead Christians and they say, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't know where to go. They woke us up. What do you take in 24 hours? I know some people will take the free Wi-Fi. The pastors were smuggling Bibles. The one pastor tell us that the Bible is more important than my life. They can kill me, but they must not burn this Bible. What does the Bible mean to you? What is more important to you in your life? With tears in their, their eyes, they say, we, we smuggle the Bibles. At the checkpoints, they were beheading families in front of each other. 16-year-old boy, we, we, come, we come to him. He's got trauma in his eyes. 16 years old. He tells his story, sitting there with his mother. He said, we were surrounded by ISIS. They put a pistol against my head. And they said, deny your faith in Jesus Christ. 16 years old, he says, I refuse. 16 years old. If, the, if a pistol is put against your head this morning. Sixteen years old. It's one of my faith heroes. That boy. I wept that day so much. Next slide. Just some, some, some statistics. 260 million Christians experience high levels of persecution. 6% increase, increase from 2019. You see the purple is the very extreme place. The places like Libya, Egypt, Sudan, Eritrea, and Nigeria. Actually in Eritrea, they lock up Christians in steel shipping containers in the desert. Around 30 Christians are being locked up in steel shipping containers. When I drive next to a shipping container, I never see it the same again. Now I pray for the Christians in Eritrea. 
being in the desert in a shipping container, 30 people. Where do you go to toilet? Inside. People die of diseases inside. But in the steel shipping containers, they're singing hymns. They're worshiping God. And we get this little trouble and we want to turn our back on God. Christians living in the midst of persecution, in, in the, during the day they burn, their skin burns against the steel of the shipping containers. Many die in the evenings of hypothermia in these containers. As we sit here, there's people, Christians, in steel shipping containers. As we sit here this morning, just because they are not criminals, they accepted Jesus. They follow him. They come to church. They evangelize. I quickly want to read you. Well, what, what, about, what, what about today? If you just op open Google and you go on persecution news for November, China threats to religious freedom, worrying. November 4, safe Pakistan. Pakistan, 13-year-old Christian girl forced to accept conversion marriage before camera in Pakistan. October 29, three dead, others injured in suspected terrorist attack at French church, even in France. October 28, Sri Lankan pastor forced to close church amid escalating threats from Buddhist monks. We can go on. October 26, Christians shot dead inside Indian church as persecution intensifies. India, persecution is intensifying. Hindus extremists in India torch church after warning Christians to stop meeting. If they send on the WhatsApp group of the church today, um, please do not... Oh, not please. Oh, no. No, my pastor. I'm not say please. Please come to church. But there's a threat that they can possibility, possibly raid the church and kill everyone in church. Will you still come? Christians are meeting, even though they know they might not come back. Now, the, the types of persecution, torture, many times they put needles under the nails of Christians to pressure them to deny Christ. They are interrogated with blindfolds up to eight hours for giving away church members' locations for den to, to deny Christ. Next slide, thank you. Imprisonment. 3,711 Christians were detained without trial, arrest, sentence, and imprisoned. Religious discrimination. Now, religious, you go back to the slide, thank you. Religious discrimination, meaning you are a Christian, you want to buy a piece of land. We will first give it to the Muslim. Religious discrimination. I know in Vietnam, they, they even print pamphlets to give out in the communities to say the, the Christians is actually a cult. 
and they, they, they try to convert you. Religious discrimination. And just, just one back quickly. Being in prison, if we, if we read the Bible, Paul, he was writing the letters in chains. In chains, he was writing. But he says, the word of God is not in chains. Even though he's in chains, the church is growing. I remember this, I saw this old, old pastor, 70 years old, Chinese pastor. He was walking there with a smile. I've never seen a smile like that in my life. He couldn't speak English, so he had a, he had a translator. And he said, um, he said, Jacques, can I pray for you? Okay. And this guy said, this Chinese pastor has been 20 years in prison because he is a pastor. 20 years. Imagine that. Christians right now in prison. Next slide. Thank you. This happened the other day. We still want to help rebuild this, this family's house that is in Pakistan. They have been raided or attacked by 30 radical Hindus burning down the house. You see, that's a real photo. It's real people. Their livestock have been taken away because these radical Hindus want these Christians to die. They don't even have food. After church, we go and have food. We have freedom. Next slide. Thank you. Slavery. Now, this little girl here down in the left when we were in Iraq, I think her name is Rebecca. The mother was telling us she was three years old. When ISIS, they separated the men and the women. Many of the men was executed on the spot. This woman telling us a story, she said she had a three-year-old baby. One of the ISIS commanders, they were waiting on the bus, grabbed the child. And she wanted to fight, fight back. And the ISIS commander tell her, we will kill you. So they, they took this baby as a slave. They take women as sex slaves. Christian woman. And also that, that's how maybe you heard of the Yazidis. Three years after that, we got the news that um, they found a little girl. We're turning her to a mother. But to sit with that mother, and this mother tells you that uh, my, my, my child is in the ISIS camp. And the brutality that happens there. They, they had tunnels. We have the story, there are tunnels with, with wedding dresses where these, these commanders will marry young girls and rape them repeatedly to force them to convert. Expulsion to be forced to leave. In Iraq, there are now 2,000 Christians down from 1.5 million. Before 2003, that is an 87% reduction in one generation. Next slide. Execution. Now this year, on the 20th of January, 
this pastor, Nigerian pastor, was executed for not denying his faith by Boko Haram. On average, eight Christians is killed every day for their faith in Jesus Christ. Eight Christians today will lose their lives for being a Christian. Is it eight in year today? Shocking. Christians live on a, in surveillance state. There is an estimated of 450 million surveillance cameras in China alone. Surveillance cameras. This thing, I was shocked that this thing already has facial recognition. Facial recognition. This thing uses my thumbprint to open. Christians cannot meet in secret anymore. They struggle to meet because they are, their surveillance. I remember one of the, one of the Muslims that came, came to Christ I met in Iran. We were sending WhatsApp messages. He said, Jack, don't do it anymore because the government is seeing what, what we are doing over a WhatsApp mes message. And we get, this, we get the church messages. How will you feel? You send someone a message and you know the government is watching. Is there any Christian activity so that we can raid the churches? 9,488 churches or Christians' buildings were attacked. That was last year. Top three persecuted countries, North Korea. Now in North Korea, just read this. The, the percentage of Christian believers and the church is growing. 1.2% Christians. In North Korea, to own a Bible is a death sentence. If they find you with a Bible in North Korea... They call you an enemy of the state because the state is communism. So you have an illegal book. So what do they do? They call you in public. Many of the North Koreans in public, they put you against a pole, a stone in your mouth so that you cannot speak. They execute you by firing squad for possessing a Bible. Now do we understand what the Bible means to us? For North Korean Christians, it's a matter of life or death. 70,000 Christians in labor camps. When they, when they find you, when they discover you as a Christian or they find a Bible, they either execute you or throw you in a labor camp where you work yourself to death. Very little food. You work yourself to death and... Um, they wipe out three, three generations of your family. So if they find you with a Bible, three generations of your family will be executed or be thrown in prison camps. Afghanistan, 0.05% Christians. Our contacts have been murdered. I don't know if you know of the Grunewald's family. They, um, they have... Hanali is, is, is still alive, but they were murdered by the Taliban. We were on our way to Afghanistan, but we couldn't get in. Just a few months after that, the, the, two, the two children and the, the father were, were murdered. Now, here you see a vehicle. Many times the safest place to come together is in a moving car to worship. When you drive today to home, 
Notice, Afghanistan Christians, they can only worship in a moving car. That's the safest place. Somalia, 0.005% Christians. Somalia, they have the radical terrorist group Al-Shabaab. Now, when they find... When they discover you as, as a Christian, they kill you on the spot. There's not questions asked. So million. That's in Africa. Next slide. Thank you. This is one, one of the most beautiful pictures I've ever seen. A Christian receiving a Bible. Kissing it. What about yours? But the question today is, if your Bible are taken away today, will you not worry? Then it's not important to you. We need to be challenged by things like this. The persecutors of Christianity, radical Buddhists, radical Hindus, Islam, communism, terrorist groups like Boko Haram, ISIS, Al-Shabaab, we, we, we can go on Al-Qaeda, so many groups persecuting Christians. Next slide, thank you. I remember we, we took this, this picture in, in Iraq. That's a beautiful little girl. That's the girls that ISIS is taking as sex slaves. I was weeping one day so much when we got photos of a dad standing. And I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say this. With his, with his daughter in his hands and the head has been beheaded. Just because they are Christians. No, we don't want to hear this stuff. We need to hear this. Because Jesus is speaking about this in the Bible. I send you a sheep among wolves. This must not scare us, but this needs to prepare us. Listen. This must not scare us, but this needs to prepare us. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 26, it says, If one part suffers, if one part of the body suffers, and we have seen the suffering of Christians around the world right now, but if one part suffers, just, if, if just one person suffers, every part suffers with it. All of us is suffering today with the persecuted church. I'll explain this now. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. These brothers and sisters in countries like Vietnam, North Korea, Nigeria, Kenya, we can go on. They are part of your family in Christ. If you want it or not. I know there's one woman that came to me and she said, the persecuted church is not my calling. I say, it's your responsibility. If God wakes you up tonight and say there's a Christian in Nigeria awaiting execution, pray for them. Will you say, God, this is not my calling? No, it's your responsibility because you suffer with them. We are part of one body. But the thing is we forget is it's you on your own. 
Just suffer. I have my own suffering. It starts here. It starts here. How do we really want to pray for these people? Their screams tormented us. If some of these screams reach our ears, we just sing a little louder. We were worshiping here this morning. Did you hear any screams while we worshiped? Screams of torture, of being in secret. And then what we many times do is we don't want to take responsibility, so we just sing a little louder. The suffering around us, no, it will cost me something. So I will just sing a little louder so that I won't hear the screams. And that is where I want to end off the, with the story, the parable of the, of the good Samaritan. We all know the story, right? The parable of the good Samaritan. Now I'm going to read this to you. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do? Inherit eternal life. He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to me, and he said to him, sorry, You have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. But he wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Many times we want to justify ourselves as well when we see the need. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and depart, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite when he arrived at the place came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds. Who a grill for blood. Pouring on oil and wine. And he said him on his own animal. His own animal. No. What will be your own animal today? It's maybe your car. I will waste petrol. On his own animal. Brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The fact is, there's a body. The name is not mentioned, but there's a body. 
the body of Christ, that is suffering, that is full of pain, that is half dead, physically from, from being beaten, in prison every day because they follow Jesus. And it said that a priest walked past on the other side because they, they saw the responsibility. But they did not want to do anything because it will cost them something. We go to these countries. Every, every, time, every time I go, I prepare myself that I might not return. What if God is calling you? Passed on the other side. But one man, the Samaritan, chose to bend his knees and to clean wounds. To put him on his own transport. To take him to an inn and to help. But what is persecuted Christians asking of us today? Pray for us. Your prayer can go where you come. You never know what God will do with your prayer. You know why we don't really pray, 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 and pray? Because there's not really persecution, persecution, persecution. Because if you are in handcuffs and the only thing you can do is pray, will you pray? You can't go on social media. You can do nothing. All you can do is pray. And they need your prayers. And we're going to pray because this is the International Days of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. There's a few things we're going to pray. See, we have eight minutes. If you go through a difficult time, what do you ask of people? Just quickly, if you go through a difficult, you, you call someone and say, I want ice cream. Now you say, please pray for me. Why do you ask that? Why do you ask prayer? Good question. Why do you think persecuted Christians ask for prayer? Because it strengthens them. It encourages them to go on, not to give up in the situations where they find themselves in. So pray, we're going to stand this morning. No, Jack, it's uncomfortable. Let me just sit. We're going to stand this morning. And I'm going to read and then I will guide you in how this morning to pray for persecuted Christians. Now, this will be a lot out of your comfort zone. You, you, you're not going to lie down and jump on the chairs and stuff. But I will guide you. Let us stand. We are going to pray for persecuted Christians right now. And if you can, you can also just maybe put a song in the background. Just so the first pray pray is pray they will remain steadfast. And not grow weary or lose heart. The persecution they're facing. Just where you are. In the silence we're going to pray. Four minutes or so. Just think about the Christians. North Korea, Nigeria.
Next one is ask God to protect and comfort and provide for those who are mourning. The loss of loved ones who have been killed for their faith. Pray those who have been injured through violence will experience the Lord's physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. Victims of violence will not seek retaliation, but instead be willing to forgive and intercede for the perpetrators. for courage, wisdom, and protection for Christian pastors and evangelists as they share the gospel in hostile nations. God to provide opportunities for those in prison to share the gospel with fellow prisoners and guards. for opportunities for those who are discriminated against in education and employment because of their faith.
pray for those who oppose the gospel that they will be brought to repentance and faith. one so as we have a voice here this morning we don't have to gather in secret this morning we can testify of the goodness of Jesus Christ this morning that this morning that we will open our mouths that we will open our mouths even if you didn't do it before that we will pray the Lord will grow His church in the restricted nations. But also to add on to that is to look at your own life. Is what does Jesus cost you? To repent this morning of your own selfish ways. And that you take your freedom for granted. And say, Lord, open my eyes to see what I have. The freedom to worship you in this country. Help me to take every opportunity that I can to testify about you. To serve you. But let us pray this morning that God will grow his chits, his persecuted chits among the restricted nations. Let us pray. Let us lift our voices. Let us hear voices in this place today. Yes, Father. Pray this morning. Thank you, Father, for countries like Nigeria, for North Korea, for Kenya, for Laos, for Vietnam. Thank you, Father, for Mozambique. Thank you, Father, this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even though, Father, even though many Christians are in chains this morning, your word is not in chains. Thank you, Father, that you strengthen believers that are on the verge of wanting to give up. Because why is it so hard? Thank you, Father, that you remind them today, Lord, that there are still sheep among wolves, that you still have a purpose in this persecution. Father, I pray today, Lord, for the persecutors. Even Paul was on his way to persecute Christians. But you met with him on the road to Damascus. Damascus is in Syria today. Father, we pray today, Lord Jesus. God, that you will open our eyes to our freedoms. What we have here to be in a church today where we are not worried if they will raid the church or anyone be killed. Break our heart for what breaks yours. For your persecuted church. For believers that we one day will meet in heaven, Lord, that paid a price. 
pay the price. We pray for the children. Many children that even tell their parents not to deny Jesus. So pure in faith that they will keep on strengthening even their parents. That the children will be bold in these countries. We pray for, for the leaders who are persecuting Christians. Lord, that you will reveal yourself to them. We pray that Bibles will go into these countries, the most forbidden book. Because they need your Bible to nourish them, to strengthen them. They tear out the pages because they have only one Bible in one church. We have plenty. God, we pray that you will feed your children in these countries. Where even under coronavirus, many Christians have been refused food by the governments. Christians dying of hunger. We had heard many messages of Christians that died. Help us to take our eyes off ourselves. Put it back on your church. The part of the body that suffers for the name of Jesus. Wake us up at night so we can pray for the persecuted church. God, we thank you today that we can be part of a greater body. Even though we are standing here in Vintage today, we know that there's a million of believers that is joining with us in prayer today. In the international days of prayer for the persecuted church. Amen.